Drip, drip, drop, little April podcast, podding a cast as you pod all around. Drip, drip, drop, little April podcast, what can compare with your beautiful sound? But it's not April. It's September. No, it's September. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you want me to say a little podcast shower? Is that like when you're, you're, <laughs> instead of singing in the shower, you say a podcast to yourself in the shower? <laughs> That is a really funny mental image right there. I'm just in the shower like, hello and welcome to me, mom, and the mouse. <laughs> That's the shower noise. Today we're talking about recess schools out. <laughs> just recording secret podcast episodes. Ah, I see. By yourself in the shower. Right. Gotta practice. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you have that nice resonant sound in there as long as you're not getting water <laughs> in the face. Right. <laughs> Setting up my boom in the shower. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's April podcast, and it isn't that either. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Me, Mom, and the Mouse, a podcast about the joy of watching cartoons with your family, or this week, perhaps... The despair of watching <laughs> cartoons with your family. <laughs> We're watching every film in the Disney animated canon and talking about how it was made, what it means, and why we love it, or don't. My name is Isaac Coleman, and I'm joined, as always, by my mother, Rue Coleman. Hello. How are you, how doing, are you doing this doing? evening? Ah, uh, you preempted me. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I'm doing pretty well. I had to run a bunch of errands before this. <laughs> one of one of my favorite restaurants in Lincoln is uh, is finally delivering again. Yeah, yeah, it's very uh, exciting. This week on the program, we are finishing up the Golden Era. This yeah. is the last film of the uh, original classics that put Disney on the map, uh, and it is, of course, 1942's Bambi, directed by David Hand. With sequences directed by James Algar, Samuel Armstrong, Graham Head, I think, Bill Roberts, Paul Satterfield, and Norman Wright. It's too bad we did not get the man himself, Teehee, back on this one. Yeah, he was probably doing something else. It's surprising how different all five of these first ones are. No, I, I totally agree. I had the same thought. I actually had it last week and then again this week. But yeah, one of the things I've I've really loved about the golden era, these first five movies, is that there is no Disney formula yet. Right. And I mean, we'll talk about how sometimes the Disney formula is good, sometimes <laughs> it's annoying. Yeah. You know, it's it's definitely becomes a formula for a reason, but right now there's none of that. These five movies are the, the like, prototype Disney fairy tale princess movie. Right. And then a movie about a puppet who's a jerk. <laughs> and then a concert film. Right. And then a 60 minute movie about discrimination as told through the metaphor of a circus elephant. Uh-huh. And Bambi. A few years in the life of some deer. Right. This like environmentalist, existentialist deer movie. <laughs> Another interesting thing, I feel like we tend to think of Disney movies as having female protagonists. Mm -hmm. Certainly, I think when most people think of like, what is a Disney movie? They think of the princess movies first. Right. That's only true of one of these movies. Yeah. Although when I was looking up stuff about Bambi today, I saw that the top Google search for Bambi is, uh, is Bambi a boy or a girl? (laughs) He's a boy. (laughs) He's he's a a prince. Answer that one pretty easy. (laughs) He's immediately called a prince. Yes. 
he's called the young prince before he's given his name. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not really a, a question. <laughs> it's true. He has a high voice because he is a child. Yes. But even that, only for half of the movie. <laughs> and then he's like, hello, I am one year old. <laughs> I am baby. <laughs> What do we think of the golden era in all, looking back on it? Well, I I like most of the movies in the golden era pretty well. And I had seen all of them multiple times, even though you had not. I do tend to forget what order they come in. <laughs> right. I can usually remember, like, I think these ones are in the first five, but I can't remember which one came first. So hopefully now after doing this podcast, I'll remember a lot better. Yeah, you were talking about how interesting it was to watch these movies in order. Yeah, I don't think I had ever really done that before. You see a lot of similarities, but also a lot of contrasts in the ways the animation is done, the progression in how the animation advances from Snow White to Bambi. Um, you can really tell why Bambi took so long to make <laughs> compared to Dumbo, sure. because it is so photorealistic sometimes. And it's pretty amazing to think they went from their first animated feature to something like Bambi so quickly yeah for sure I, I would also say that i've liked most of these movies uh one thing that stands out to me when i think about these movies that i wouldn't have realized if we hadn't watched them next to each other is how abstract and surreal all of them are yeah that's you know, true to, to certain extents obviously fantasia is the right. ultimate for that but even Dumbo has very impressionistic sequences as we talked about <laughs> last week this movie definitely oh, yeah. And Pinocchio and Snow White. I don't think I'd ever realized how much Disney was influenced by German Expressionism. Uh -huh. And yeah, I agree. These these are mostly good movies. Even Pinocchio, which is definitely my least favorite. The only one that is, you know, below a 5 out of 10 for me. You know, it's still fine. It's still mm -hmm. watchable. Listen, we're going to get into some stuff. <laughs> Takes yeah. us a while to get into the really horrible stuff, but uh, once we do... Maybe there will be some of the shorts in the next bunch that will like some shorts, but not others. Moving away from talking about all five of these movies, moving into talking about one of these movies. Mom, what does Bambi mean to you? Well, I had forgotten how long and slow this movie feels. Um, mostly I have seen the more active scenes like young Bambi learning to talk and Bambi and Thumper in the snow. And I think even the beginning of the scene where they're in the meadow the first time. I was talking to my mom about this movie and she said the exact same thing. Oh, I've seen that stuff with Bambi and Thumper so many times. <laughs> but we did own the movie when I was growing up after the 1989 VHS release. So I had seen the whole thing, but I'm, I'm suspecting I didn't actually watch it very many times because of how surprised I was watching this again. Uh, overall, would you say that you, you like, well, I guess we're getting ahead yeah. of ourselves, but do you like this movie? Um, I like it all right. I'm definitely not going to want to watch it a lot, uh, which is why I never owned it personally. It, it definitely had some interesting things to see. I had never seen this movie before. To my mm -hmm. knowledge, it's, you know, we're such a Disney household, it's possible it was like, this could have been like on in the background at Grandma's house or something. Possibly, but it's not likely you would have seen it at our house. As you said, we never owned it. 
so we know we didn't watch it there and uh i don't know i i never watch it and i never had any particular desire to seek it out i almost feel like this movie doesn't get talked about a whole lot outside of the one thing <laughs> everyone talks about with it yeah which i already knew so i was like i don't know what else is in that movie and then of course as we've been preparing for this it's been like well i'm gonna watch it for the show i didn't enjoy watching it too much but i feel like i need to explain myself a little bit there because a lot of people consider this the greatest or one of the greatest animated films hmm. ever made in any country which I feel like is a very bold claim True. and it's a lot of people's favorites. And as always on this show, it's okay if you like a movie we don't or dislike a movie we do. This is just a show about us talking about our opinions. We certainly don't think that they're the standard that other people's opinions should be judged by. Every time you watch a movie, you are bringing with you the circumstances in which you're watching it. Uh -huh. So the circumstances in which I watch this movie, we've talked a little bit about uh, the time period in which we are recording these episodes. Uh, it is a very stressful and upsetting time. I had had a particularly stressful and upsetting day at work that required me to stay two hours late. I barely had time to shove food into my mouth. We got onto the Discord call to watch it together. And having not seen it before and having tried to look up as little as possible about it, uh, I was not prepared <laughs> for how bleak this movie is. So, like, yeah. I can intellectually, critically, I can recognize why so many people love this movie, what's great about this movie. It is a great, like, it is a great achievement, inarguably. Right, agreed, definitely. Narratively and visually, like, it, it is an incredible film mm -hmm. that, that bummed me out to watch. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt about it. You know what? I, this is definitely going to be a movie I watch more times in the future. We'll see how I feel about it then. Maybe yep. watch it under some better circumstances. <laughs> But, uh, and at least you'll go into it prepared in the future. Right. I would say I liked the movie, but I didn't... I I respected this movie more than I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't have that emotional connection to it. Yeah. This is one of those movies where I'm like, oh yeah, this is good, this is smart, this is working. But I, it, I never feel it. Uh -huh. Which is strange because this movie is so much about feeling. Mm -hmm. But let's talk a little bit about the background of this movie. I actually don't have too much to say. They worked on it for a long, long time. <laughs> yes. There is a book called Bambi, A Life in the Woods. This is a 1923 Austrian coming-of-age novel written by Felix Sultan, and it is about Bambi, a male deer, and his life. Yep. This book was quite popular. It is seen as one of the first environmental novels. It has been adapted a lot of times. Obviously, this movie was the first adaptation. There yeah. were also two Russian live-action adaptations, which is weird. Yeah. In 85 and 86, there was a ballet in 87, a stage production in 98, mm. another ballet that fell apart, and it got <laughs> turned into a children's picture book in 2000. <laughs> It's a big deal. It is a novel that is more aimed at adults. Yeah. Certainly than this movie is. But because this book was so popular in the 20s, even in America, the English translation of it was also very popular. So in 1933, a producer at MGM, Sidney Franklin, purchased the rights to the book. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make it a live action film, but they couldn't figure out how to do that. What with... <laughs> animals <laughs> and so he sold the film rights to walt disney in 37 
Because Disney was like, hey, I know how you make this movie. Right. Animate it. Right. And Bambi was going to be the next movie after Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah. They just kept changing their mind what they wanted to do. Right. Uh, And part of the big appeal of it was going to be that it was based on a popular recent book. And even in the final film poster, I don't know if you've seen this, the original film poster is a picture of the book... And the tagline is, the famous book of the month becomes the picture of the year. <laughs> Bambi, a great love story, which I don't, I don't know. I don't know that uh, I would say that's an accurate description of the film Bambi. I mean, there is kind of a love story, but it's a deer love story, not like a people love story. <laughs> and it's not the focus of the move. It's like one bullet point. <laughs> In the outline, you know? Yeah. Walt Disney's new full-length feature in multiplane Technicolor. Sorry, I just had to finish reading the poster. <laughs> As you say, they basically had two big problems. Number one, they really wanted to get the animation of the animals right. Oh, yeah. You know, there had been anim- there had even been deer in Snow White. But Eric Larson, who is one of the nine old men, like the super famous group of animators at Disney, yep. said that they moved like big flower sacks. <laughs> they they kind of did. <laughs> yes, the, the animals in previous movies, like they hadn't been animated with nearly as much attention. They just, because, you know. They were cartoony. Exactly. They were still making cartoons. Yeah. Uh, but they wanted these animals to be really realistic and expressive. So he hired Rico Lebrun, I believe is how you say that, who was a famous painter of animals who helped the animators learn about the structure and movement of animals. Mm-hmm. They visited the zoo a bunch. Disney actually ended up setting up a small zoo at the studio. Good plan. With rabbits, ducks, owls, skunks, and a pair of fawns named Bambi and Feline. Of course. So the artist could study firsthand the movements. There's all these stories about like one of the animators, Maurice Day, spent weeks in forests in Vermont and Maine to like sketch everything. Mm-hmm. They were just really obsessed with getting it right. Yeah, and they really did, I think. I think it shows. Yes, absolutely. Some of the backgrounds, especially like that, the opening shot, which we'll talk about in a moment of like the forest. It looks at first photorealistic. Like I I almost had to like, you know, blink and be like, oh, no, wait, that is a that is a drawing. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. The backgrounds. It's interesting. The first backgrounds they made, the first sketches were too complicated. They're almost like too realistic. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, they were too busy. Yeah. The eye didn't know where to focus because that's what a forest is. It's like full of stuff. (laughs) And it was a guy named Tyrus Wong who came up with this idea to make the backgrounds have more detail around the center Uh and less around the edges Uh in such a way that it leads your eye to the characters in the center of the frame. Ah. Which is obviously a very counterintuitive idea, because if you're trying to save money, especially on the cartoons, it's all about, no, you put the detail like at the edges, and the stuff that's going to be behind people you don't focus on. I think I kind of noticed that in some of the shots, though. I was thinking of it more as they've blurred the edges, and I was just wondering if that was some sort of a camera trick but it may have been actually an animation trick where there are certain shots where it feels like 
they've focused definitely on the center and the edges are just all blurred or kind of faded. I want to do kind of a little sidebar on Tyrus Wong, if I may. Okay. Because he comes up with this great idea for the backgrounds and he gets appointed art director of the film. Uh Uh-huh. I thought that was very cool, but I was also like a Chinese animator, you know, mm-hmm. getting to be art director of the film. Yeah. That is that is not typical at this time. So I want to read more about him. Definitely. And he is just a fascinating guy. Uh, <laughs> there is a documentary made about him that I have not seen. It's just called Tyrus. But he designed some of the early Hallmark cards. He obviously worked on a bunch of Disney movies. He also worked on a bunch of Warner Brothers movies. Wow. And at Warner Brothers, he was actually less involved in animation and more involved in storyboards and set design (laughs) where he did movies like rebel without a cause around the world in 80 days in 56 rio bravo the music man wow favorite of ours yeah the great race the wild bunch which is a phenomenal movie at the same time he also did his own paintings like he was a very respected serious art gallery artist and then in the 60s he retired from movies and he made kites which are also (laughs) now like seen as high art and are shown at uh, exhibitions of his work. Wow. He also was a muralist, a ceramicist, a, litho- a lithographer, lithographer. I don't I don't think I've ever seen that word. Probably that second one. He made and flew kites for 30 years. He lived to be 106 <laughs> years old. He's he's just an amazing artist. First of all, I think it speaks to his talent that despite all the prejudice he faced, he like worked his way up to this, you know, respect. Right. Both in and out of Disney. I also feel like it shows, you know, how good this movie is that it's like this guy who's this legendary Asian American, extremely respected artist. (laughs) That's the art director for your dear movie. Right. By the way, one more interesting fact about Tyrus Wong. Okay. He was an illegal immigrant. Uh, So, you know, maybe think about that, people who have a problem with that. So that was big problem they faced, number one. Animals is hard to draw. (laughs) Big problem they faced, number two. How do you turn this book into a movie? They did have a very hard time with that. As I mentioned, the book itself is aimed towards adults. It is also much sadder. There's a lot more death and violence and stuff. And there's a lot of things in it that are you're not going to put in the movie, like uh, Bambi and Feline being cousins. Yeah. Because, you know, deer don't have the incest taboo, but <laughs> people watching a movie might. Yes. I haven't read the book, but from everything I understand of it and what I have read of it, basically, they are like more animalistic. Whereas Mm -hmm. in this movie, they pull back a little bit and they they anthropomorphize them more, even though for a Disney movie, the animals don't feel very anthropomorphized at all. It's true. Thumper and Flower are not in the book. No, they are not. They add some levity to the movie. Uh, I think necessarily. And the book is like, no, none of that. (laughs) None of that. You can look this up, but they changed the story many, many times. They would start working on a scene and they'd be like, oh, it doesn't work. They'd change characters. At one point, they were going to have six rabbits because they were like, listen, people loved seven dwarves. Yeah. People love six rabbits. (laughs) And then they were like, "Eh, what if it was just one rabbit and there are five other rabbits, but they're not important. Yeah. There was going to be this squirrel and chipmunk like comedy duo who got cut (laughs) because they were too silly. There's other stuff that got cut because it was too serious. They like made a bunch of different changes to the scene where Bambi's mom dies. Oh yeah. Spoilers, by the way. 
<laughs> if there's anybody who's not already been spoiled by that, it's because they are a baby. <laughs> they shouldn't be listening to podcasts. It's, you know, if you're a baby and you're listening to this podcast, I mean, we, we love your support. <laughs> uh, and uh, goo goo gaga. <laughs> <laughs> When I said I'd never seen this movie before, I forgot to mention the two things I did know about. One of them was the part where Thumper thumps his leg and goes, that's why they call me Thumper. (laughs) That was a terrible voice. Everyone, please ignore it. Uh, And of course, the other part is where Bambi's mom dies, because that's like that's like not knowing that Darth Vader's Luke Skywalker's father. Right. Like that is one of the most famous. It's not even really a twist, but I guess Mm -hmm. surprises for a lot of like kids watching it. Yeah, but of course I knew that. I may not have seen this movie, but you know what I have seen a uh, hundred thousand times? What's that? The Bumby's Mom episode of Animaniacs. <laughs> Bumby's Mom, Mom is dead. Yes, it's a great episode of Animaniacs. I highly recommend you all check that out. Would show it to a <laughs> child. <laughs> yep, they had a really hard time writing it and deciding like what scene should be in and out because, of course, this is not a plotty movie. No, it's not really. It's kind of uh, episodic almost. It It is. It's scenes from a life. Yeah. So, you know, they had to put a lot of thought into, so what scenes from a life do we feel like are necessary to include? What can we cut? Speaking of cuts, you know, as we've talked about, the Disney company is just like hemorrhaging money at this point. <laughs> They've had two big flops and World War Two is a real problem for them. Yeah. Um, so they actually had to cut 12 minutes from the film before animation had been completed because they had to save production costs. Yeah. We talked last week about how Dumbo was a financial success, but it was not enough of a financial success to cover this and Fantasia and Pinocchio, (laughs) which all lost money and which all cost a ton of money. This one at least didn't lose as much money. No, this movie did okay. It lost money and it made less money than both Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, of course, which actually turned a profit And Pinocchio, both of those movies made more money than this one. When compared to its budget, it did okay. But again, World War II was a big problem. I mean, it had actually come to the States by that point. By the time this was released, our country was in World War II also. That's right. And also, this movie was not particularly well received. Yeah. You know, now it's seen as this canonical masterpiece. But uh, back then, people didn't like that it didn't have magic. Yeah, why isn't it a fantasy? People didn't like that it was too serious. I have to tell you, reading the reviews of it... Uh, kind of reminded me of my experience watching it. Like, (laughs) you know, we're in a world war again. America has been attacked on its own soil at Pearl Harbor, sort of, kind of. Mm -hmm. People are scared. People are worried. They're like, oh, thank goodness, a new Disney movie. These are (laughs) wonderful, heartwarming fun. Right. And then uh, you go and see it, and it's like, life is pain, and it is a cycle that will continue forever. And it's like, well, I did not love that. My (laughs) my kid's crying. Yeah. I I feel like that's a lot of it. You know, people were calling it unpleasant at the time. People also felt, which I agree with a little bit, little bit, people felt it was like an effect spectacle. (laughs) That it was so obsessed with realism in the art Mm. that it kind of like neglected the story and neglected like the fun fantasy. Which I do, like I say, I kind of get. Right. I kind of do feel that way a little bit about the movie myself. I mean, we were talking last week about how the limitations of Dumbo forced them to be really creative about it. Right. And to have this really, really tight script and tight story. (laughs) 
Yeah. This one does not feel like that. No. But, I don't know. We also live in the age of the Lion King Disney live-action remake. (laughs) Or Delarm. The epitome of, you've made it super photorealistic, and guess what? That's bad. (laughs) Like, this still has... It still has the animator's touch. It still has, like, character design choices. Mm -hmm. It does. There's a lot of interesting stuff about how they had to find the balance of just drawing a deer and, like, giving it enough of a face and facial features that it's still relatable. Yeah. The other thing people didn't like about this movie is that uh, it's suggested hunting was bad. Hmm. Apparently that... That complaint didn't last too long. I don't know. It wasn't, you know, this is very early environmentalism. Very early. It's at least just starting to enter the mainstream. But yeah, so I have to show this quote from the 1942 edition of Outdoor Life magazine, where (laughs) editor Raymond Brown said that this movie was the worst insult ever offered in any form to American sportsmen. <laughs> all right, calm down, buddy. <laughs> That's kind of really all I have to say about this movie. You know, I knew because it had come up when doing research on the other episodes, it had such a long development. So I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be like Fantasia. You know, it's going to be this crazy story full of twists and turns. No, it's just <laughs> kind of a hard movie to make. Yeah. However, they worked so hard on it that it is the most reused animation elements in other Disney movies ever. Wow. We'll have to watch for it when we're watching the other Disney movies because there's everything from forest and stuff elements to... This is one I actually always remember and recognized myself. In The Rescuers, there is a scene that's Bambi and his mother eating the young spring grass in the background of the shot. (laughs) (laughs) I I will... I will have to take a look at that. I did not know about that. But the the rescuers, obviously we'll talk about it. But that well, yeah, thing when we get is there, like but... 90% recycled animation. It's true. But what we need to be watching for from now on is any recycled Bambi animation. And then we can note it. <laughs> Which is why go. I wanted there to bring it up because... Apparently, well, I presume it's the one that's been reused the most because it's, very, you know, one of the older ones. <laughs> they had to get their money's worth. Well, right. that too. <laughs> I know that they're like tracing and kind of reusing stuff throughout, but I think it's after Walt's death that they're really, really reusing <laughs> a lot of animation. Yeah. Oh, I, also, one brief side note. There is like a famous legal dispute over this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who has the rights? I have to be honest. I had... <laughs> I read about it. I was trying to read about it and understand <laughs> it. I think it is a little beyond my legal knowledge. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's it's a very important copyright case over, like, who owned the book. Complicated because it was published in Germany, but it's an American movie, and the copyright laws were different at the time. Yeah. Really, what's interesting to me about that is just that Disney completely changed copyright law forever. <laughs> mostly in bad ways and this i guess is like another piece of that yeah i think mainly the argument is about book sort of things not the actual film correct they did have the rights for the film but when they made like their little picture books or whatever to go with it they didn't necessarily have the rights for that and there just hasn't actually been a ton of dispute and it hasn't really been resolved you want to talk about the movie now yeah let's talk about the movie all right I actually took a lot of notes on 
the synopsis of the movie as we were watching it way more than I did for Dumbo. I was trying to figure out why. Is it because maybe I haven't seen it as much? So I wanted to make sure I put notes on everything in order because there's not really that much going on. (laughs) I'm like, how did I have so much to write down when there's not a lot happening? (laughs) I mean, I agree. Here's the plot of this movie. Bambi is born. His mom die. He meets girl. His forest is burnt down. Life goes on. <laughs> there we go. We're done. Okay. Sequels, spinoff, something, reboots, whatever. <laughs> we should maybe effect. talk Whee! a little bit more about the synopsis. Oh, all right. A little bit. So uh, we have very artsy credits. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of announcing right away that like, this is a serious picture. <laughs> There's a dedication to Sidney Franklin, who is the aforementioned MGM producer who bought the rights originally and sold them to Disney. Oh, that's nice. And uh, we're listening to the song, Love is a Song That Never Ends. Which kind of makes sense with the, the movie being like cyclical. The story yes. just goes on and on and on. Yes, but is love the song that never ends? Or is it despair? <laughs> is woe the sound that never ends? I think you can focus on that part of the movie, or you could try to focus on some of the more lighthearted parts of the movie. There are a few of them. <laughs> you can immediately tell this movie took so much more work than Dumbo from the first shots. Yes! The we- the first shot looks like it cost Dumbo's budget. <laughs> That big multiplane shot through the forest where all the trees look like they're moving at different rates is beautiful. And it goes on for quite a while before you even start seeing the animals. It does. It's it's set in the mood because, you know, the forest is dark and everything you said. And it does. It goes on for a goodly while. But finally, an owl arrives. Friend Owl. Is apparently his official name. Mm-hmm. He looks a little more cartoony. Yeah. And then there's some chipmunks and some birds and the music picks up. The score for this movie, by the way, is amazing. Yeah, it's very beautiful. It was nominated for an Academy Award and the music was done by Frank Churchill and Edward Plum, mm-hmm. who basically are the Disney music guys. Like, <laughs> if you <laughs> look up then. Frank Churchill's most famous songs, it's... Hi-ho, whistle while you work, someday my prince will come. (laughs) Because so much of the movie is without dialogue, it tells a lot of the story. It does. So it starts picking up here after the kind of vocalization over the dark forest. Yep, morning is coming to the forest. The animals are waking up. All of a sudden, one of the animals seems to be like alerting all the others to come and see. Before that, though, as a matter of course, when we're watching these movies together, I try to write down whenever mom laughs, (laughs) um, you know, whatever big laughs there are. There is one in Bambi (laughs) because this movie is like that. And uh, it's when there's these two birds fighting over a little thing of berries and the third bird flies up and he just takes all them berries. (laughs) It was very funny. He has a very satisfied look on his face. He's like, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I'm the smart kid. <laughs> I think also he looks so smug and the other two birds look so hurt. Like, what? <laughs> Come on, man. That's funny. That's the only funny part of the movie. After that, we give in to the despair. <laughs> despair. I I think that if I hadn't been so familiar with the some of the Thumper and Bambi stuff, I'd have laughed more at those, but I've seen those so many times, there is no surprise in them for me anymore. Well, I gotta tell you, I'd never seen any of the Thumper stuff before at all, and I was stone-faced through all of it. <laughs> I, I, people cite 
Thumper as this, like, great comedic character, I, I find him very annoying. Hmm. <laughs> You weren't into him, huh? I really do not care for his entire vibe. <laughs> he is a very annoying voice. I don't, I, I, you Which can of his it. voices? All of his voices? Or just the first one? I can live with Adult Thumper, except it's actually, Adult Thumper, I mean, we're jumping ahead. We might as well with this movie. Adult Thumper is weird. <laughs> Thumper well, yeah. feels like his whole comedic game is being an annoying kid. And so once he's like, hello, I'm Thumper. It's like, uh, what? <laughs> strange i mean maybe that strangeness is part of it right like maybe. you know no matter how much someone might seem like they're going to remain a child forever they will eventually grow up and give into the despair <laughs> yeah anyway so thumper does show up around here he actually yes. gets the first spoken line wake up wake up friend owl owl's gotta wake up because the new prince is born the new prince has arrived. Everybody come see the new prince. We go to a little clearing and... Oh, what's this? What's this? I'm getting a mom status. Hot over the wire. Hot off the presses. Ooh, ah, it's burning my fingers. <laughs> mom status. Alive. Just became a mom. <laughs> mom status recent. Probably, you know, a little tired. <laughs> you know, and, and there's Bambi. Yep. He's a little baby deer and he tries to stand up and he's not very good at it because he's been alive for an hour. Yes. And Thumper's like, kind of wobbly, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, he is. He is. And Bambi's mom is like, Thumper, I'm going to kick your entire butt. <laughs> what? What are you are you trying to drag this infant? Are you trying to own this baby? <laughs> Thumper? Yeah. Is that what you're about? You disgust me, Thumper. <laughs> baby's mom says all of that. In a look. <laughs> and friend Owl, he's like, "Okay, everyone, enough gawking," and he kind of shoes them away. And I mean, that's the whole scene. Like it plays out much longer than that. This yeah. is a very languid movie. Yeah. And as it kind of pulls back, you see a male deer Oh, yes. Standing, like, up on the hill above, looking down. And you don't get told, but it's Bambi's dad. Even I could tell. And it's a very regal-looking deer. Yes. Uh, it kind of looks like the spirit of the forest from Princess Mononoke, which means nothing to you, but some <laughs> of our listeners are like, oh, yeah, it is like that. <laughs> I did forget one, one more thing just yeah. before we get to see Dad, which is Thumper is staying behind, not listening to Friend Owl. Oh, of course. He's, he's disrespectful. He uh, goes, what you gonna call him? And Bambi's mother says, Bambi. And he goes, that'll do all right. And she goes, did I ask you, little <laughs> rabbit twerp? Did you push this baby out of you, <laughs> Thumper? Uh, I'm real sick of it, Thumper. <laughs> Do you know how much pain I'm in? And anyway, it's all from talking to you. Thumper it's not from childbirth. Leaves, and then no, Thumper you get back here, Thumper. <laughs> Uh, so in the next scene, Bambi is walking now. Yep. A little I, more unsteadily. I tend to think of it as his, like, first real outing. I think so. I think that's what we're doing. It's not clear how long after it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Some time has passed. But he's still a very wobbly little infant. Mm-hmm. And he's meeting all the animals. We meet some... Good morning, young prince. Yes, we meet some possums. We meet some quail. We meet a mole. I don't know why, but I really liked this mole. He's got a very <laughs> gentle face. I, I was amused by how many babies the quail has. I didn't remember that the quail has like a dozen babies. Yeah. I don't know why it amused me. I'm usually expecting them to have only like five or six, I guess. This one has I, a bunch. I don't know anything about quail, really. <laughs> but uh, yeah. 
quail. They run into the rabbits and Thumper's still being a jerk. And this is when <laughs> I actually wrote in my notes, this guy sucks. Because <laughs> he's being a jerk to Bambi. Again, a baby. Yeah. Maybe I'm still in Dumbo mode, right? I'm like, be Maybe. nice to the baby be animal. Be nice to the baby. <laughs> But this is also where we get the first, you know, Thumper, what did your father say? I love, actually kind of like Thumper's father's wisdom. If you can't say anything nice, don't say- No, no, he says nothing. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. (laughs) Man, I could quote those parts too much. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and uh, of course, Bambi's mom is like, that's right, you little jerk. (laughs) why not listen to an adult for once in your miserable rabbit life but then they kind of make friends bambi and thumper and bambi follows thumper and his sisters around a little bit this is where we get that's why they call me thumper yep and then bambi starts to try to talk bird 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 which is like i don't know i guess it's like i like bambi so much and so immediately Uh uh-huh he is very cute yes he is cute he has an just an insanely expressive face for a deer. You know, yeah. like, you can read so much in that face in these early scenes before he's even talking. Yeah. And he also, like, you know, I don't know what a baby deer looks like. I've always <laughs> lived in a city. But Bambi is definitely animated with that, like, the way babies look at the world. Yeah. That way that's so fascinating where you could just, like, stare at a baby for hours. <laughs> and they're just, like, looking around. They look so thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they, they move so, like, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And then, yeah, when he's doing bird, it's like, yeah, I love him. Mm-hmm. I love him now. Thank you. <laughs> He's so cute. I also, uh, I wrote down here something to, to ask you. Are you just letting your infant wander off with another, like, young child like <laughs> Bambi's mom does here? I suspect she's nearby, but I don't know. Maybe they're in the safe part of the forest? Like, obviously, this isn't the meadow. We'll get to that later. But I suspect they haven't gone far from the thicket, which is their home. It does seem a, a little weird, but I just always assumed that it's not that he's wandering very far. <laughs> this is also a uh, a big part of the book, his child abandonment. Like, <laughs> a big part of the early section of the book is that Bambi's mother starts, like, leaving him alone more and more and spending less time with him. And uh, he doesn't like that <laughs> as much. And the Great Prince has to be like, no, that's how deer are. <laughs> like, like we were talking about, right, with right. it being, you know, they're more animalistic there. Yeah, that is, I mean, how animals kind of do. Like, they have exactly. their baby and the baby follows along or the baby doesn't and gets lost. So, But also, like, for most animals, <laughs> you don't have a relationship with your parents forever. Right. right. You Definitely. get old enough that, like, you've learned everything, and then you're either just part of the herd or you're, like, gone. Right. You have to be on your own. And that is also the end of the book is uh, Bambi sees these two twins who are calling for their mother. He scolds them for, you know wanting their parents and not just accepting like being alone in the way that his father scolds him in the book and then uh after they leave he realizes that they were his twins (laughs) they're his own kids that's that's the (laughs) uplifting ending of the book (laughs) but i don't think that's that's clearly not what's happening here they're just they're just wandering around making friends bambi i noted 
Like, they're playing a little fast and loose with how babies work, which is fine, because this is a 75-minute movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As much as it's like, let's show the story of an entire life, it's also <laughs> 75 minutes. Yes. So I noticed that even though Bambi can't talk, he completely understands language. Yeah. But then they meet Flower. They do meet Flower, and Bambi basically names Flower. <laughs> yes. I loved Flower mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know what, just like... He's a he's he's a boy who wants to be pretty. That's that's nice. He's cute too. And I was waiting the whole movie for like, okay, there's a skunk. There's gonna be a stink joke. There isn't. Nope. It's not that kind of movie. Not even once. Which I appreciate because like anytime there's a skunk in modern animation, it's like, oh, we're getting fifteen fart jokes a minute. <laughs> it's true. It's true. For a change, you don't get as many Disney butt jokes in this one. It's true. Well, I mean, you don't get as many jokes in this one. There is as, that as, as well. much as I'm being hyperbolic when I talk about the despair. <laughs> uh, you know, it is not a comedy. It is right. not a lighthearted movie. Right. But yeah, but then it starts storming. Yeah. All the kids got to run home to their parents. Presumably, we never see Flowers' parents. It's true. We never see Flowers' family at all. But I presume he has a family, or at least somewhere to go. I think the the Little April Shower song, this may be my favorite scene in the movie. I just love how it starts out with the song. I tend to get this song stuck in my head, actually. Yeah, this this might be my favorite part, too. And it starts with just the gentle rain. And it's very beautiful, the animation in this scene. And then it changes to the big storm and the crashing and the wind picks up and it's the, the singing... They sing like the wind noises like, mm-hmm. which is very cool. And then it calms and quiets down again. And then at the end, you just have the little plink, plink, you know, the little drips in with the last of the song as it finishes up. I don't know. I really like it. It's a beautiful rainstorm. I, I hadn't thought about what my favorite scene is, but it it is probably this. It's either this or the forest fire, but like the forest fire is depressed. The forest fire is definitely the <laughs> despair. Yeah, but Um, it is also very cool. (laughs) Right, that's the thing. It's like, it looks very cool. This probably is my favorite part. I really loved how the rain at the beginning is falling with the music. Right. Again, this great score. Uh, I love all of the, like, getting to see what all the little animals are doing. Again, kind of shades of Dumbo. Yeah, the one little mouse who's running from place to place trying to get back to his home. And yeah, I like the, I like exactly what you were talking about, like the progression of it. Yeah. Again, Bambi feeling very much like a real child. At first, he's like, oh, I don't know about this rain. And then it's very gentle and the music's happening and he's like, okay, I'm okay with this. And then the thunder and lightning intensify And again, he's like, he has that like little kid thing of like, I might be about to cry. I haven't decided yet, (laughs) but I might be about to like completely freak out. Yeah. And we have this great tilt down into this puddle where there's a reflection of the sunrise, which is just an incredible visual. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's the best scene. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really have anything to do with the movie, but it's not a plot movie. Like, (laughs) scenes in this don't exist to further the plot. They exist to make you feel an emotion. Yep. Now Bambi's older. A little bit older. I believe they are supposed to be teens at this point. I don't Um, think so. I read afterwards. Mm -hmm. Maybe? I don't think so yet. I think this is like child. So first was like infant or toddler. And now it's more like 
child, young child. There are four actors playing Bambi, and they are listed as Baby Bambi, Young Bambi, Adolescent Bambi, and Young Adult Bambi. So this, I think, is... This is young? This is going to be Young Bambi. Yes, this is going to be Young Bambi going to the meadow. Teen Bambi, I think, is going to be when... That he's first got his horns, and they're talking about being twitterpated and stuff. No, that's young adult for sure. I think that's young adult. I, I am positive that is young adult because I actually know the voice actors who are playing the young adult characters. Okay. What I don't know is when they switch from young to adolescent. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know on Twitter. You probably are already. <laughs> the the young and adolescent voice actors for all the characters sound extremely similar. But either way, he talking. He, he's more of an adult, and they are, for the first time, going to the meadow. Yep. And Bambi has noticed some other deer that exist. He's heard about other deer. <laughs> I think this is where you can also really tell how the animators studied real animals. The way Bambi's mother moves as she's going out to check out in the meadow to make sure it's safe is very realistic how a deer would look. Absolutely. I'll tell you what I was looking at through this whole movie are the legs. <laughs> they got the muscles in the legs yeah. so right. And it's it's fascinating to what like any horse legs and deer legs, anything like that. They're just really interesting. Like yeah. the way the muscles move in them are weird. <laughs> and this captured that so well. Yeah. Especially the big scene with the father that's uh-huh. coming up. The second meadow scene is where I really noticed that. But it, it's in the whole movie. And she tells him, you know, you must never rush out onto the meadow. We are unprotected there. And when she goes out, also, you were talking about the movement. It's also an incredibly well-staged shot. Yeah. There's this very empty shot where the mom is on, like, I think maybe even below the lower third, and you're just getting tons of sky overhead. Uh Uh-huh. And it is the perfect visual way to emphasize how empty and unprotected they are. There's a lot of mist at the beginning of it. But it's okay. Bambi gets to come out. Uh, They splash some ducks who are mad at them. And then, of course, everybody... Everybody's in the meadow now. (laughs) Thumper's back. (laughs) Thumper's back. Have another thumper moment where they're eating clover. Mm -hmm. And what did your father tell you about eating the greens? Can you do this? Because this is like a long piece of father wisdom. Eating greens is a special treat. It makes long ears and great big feet. But it sure is awful stuff to eat. I made that last part up myself. I told you, it's real bad. (laughs) I know the whole thing. And Bambi's mom was like, yeah, we all knew. Stop trying to practice your type five thumper. (laughs) You ignorant. We never actually see Bambi even try the the clover flowers, which is what Thumper's trying to encourage him to eat. (laughs) There's a, we had rhymes like that, though. Uh, The one I always remember, I hated peas. Yes. I still hate peas. I still, now that I'm a grown adult, I basically never eat peas. Instead, (laughs) eat other green vegetables that I like. Yep. But I I eat my peas with honey. (laughs) What's the, oh, now have I forgot? Give me a moment. No, I don't think I remember the, the whole thing. I eat my peas with honey. I've done it all my life. They make my peas taste funny, but it keeps them on my knife. That's right. I only remembered like the last word. Knife. Side. But yeah, you would you would take a knife, you would put honey on it, and you would stick the peas to it, and then you would eat them that way. 
And they still tasted pretty bad, <laughs> but I, I would at least get them down. Sometimes. I don't think I ever got caught hiding peas under the couch. I definitely got caught hiding green beans under the couch um, pretending to eat them. We found the peas later. <laughs> I, I, I truly, I was saying that because I couldn't remember. Look, oh, I'm yeah. not going to, again. You were totally a food hider. I was not going to defend myself as a child. <laughs> you, you did. You hid your food so that. We wouldn't make you eat it. I, I was a, I was, I was a kid. I don't know. I was annoying <laughs> in the way most kids are annoying. Uh. Um, but yeah, after Thumper, there is actually, I don't know if this is my favorite part, but this is my favorite character in the film. Number one, my main man is the frog who goes, watch out. <laughs> I forgot about the frog. It's the frog who has anxiety. <laughs> he just hippity hopping around. And all he says is, watch out watch out <laughs> and i was like great i like frogs yeah a lot yeah i, re- I really frogs are one of my favorite animals <laughs> i love them they're very strange i didn't know that it's true i didn't know frogs were one of your favorites it's i feel like it's it's a more recent thing because yeah you know, it's such a millennial sentence i'm about to say but like i followed this this tumblr blog <laughs> by this person who owned frogs and they're just again like they're just fascinating to watch move yeah they're hilarious they're a mouth on a spring. Yep. That's what a yep. Fro- yep. That's what evolution has made a frog. You are a mouth that can throw yourself <laughs> at food. <laughs> They're crazy. I love them. Yep. Love frogs. Yep. And this again, this frog is uh, upset. <laughs> this is a cautious frog. I like his vibe. I like his style. Maybe that's why I like Princess and the Frog more than you. But we'll get to that in like two years <laughs> of recording. <laughs> we'll get there someday. Yeah, only about one year. From when you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. But uh, we record very slowly. Yeah. And very in advance. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Watch Out Frog, obviously the breakout star of the film. <laughs> There's also some other deer who shows up. I don't know. She's a girl. I don't think she's important. The frog really is the focus. <laughs> he finally, he meets Feline for the first time. I had forgotten how giggly she is. And uh, he's he's very shy, which again, I felt. very strongly reflected me as a child (laughs) i was definitely hiding behind mom's legs whenever i was to be introduced to a new friend yes yes you were and faleen's kind of tormenting bambi and i'm like ah yes this is well i know this (laughs) and then there are a bunch of deer and they're running vigorously yep and we don't know what they're running towards at first but they are running to see who we are told is The great prince of the forest. It's funny because I had written down in advance, like before they say his name, I had written down the king of the forest because I'd forgotten that he's the great prince, not the king. I also did exactly that. I'll hold it up to the camera. You can see king crossed out great (laughs) prince. But I had more of an excuse because I didn't know. Whereas you should feel ashamed. Yep, totally. He looks at Bambi and Bambi, I, he's always, I always remember the way he says, he looked at me, mother. I mean, the great prince is another great visual character. You yeah. Who's not talking yet. He looks very cool. And he walks up into the forest. He poses. He hears some crows. Mm-hmm. And he knows the crows symbolize death. And so he communicates again by posing dramatically. <laughs> it's time for all the deer to go. Everybody get out of the meadow. And this is where we hear possibly the most famous piece of music from this movie, despite not being a song with words, which is what's called the man theme, mm-hmm. which is the like, da 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 
Yeah, yeah. Which, even, you know, not knowing, again, not looking anything up before and not knowing this was a famous piece, I wrote down my notes, the music is really heightening the tension here. It's true. Bambi and his mom are separated, and uh, the great prince leads Bambi away, and then there are gunshots, and the crow's cawing. This is foreshadowing for what's going to happen later, but I was like, is this it? For a moment, you think <laughs> they could have gotten Bambi's mom. But then she shows up. Why did we all run? Man was in the forest. Which apocryphally is what the animators would say whenever, like, Walt was in the building. <laughs> they would say man is in the forest as like a code word. Couldn't verify this, but it's a good story. It's a good story. And of course, while we were watching this, I made the joke, why did we all run? Elvis was in the building. <laughs> Leaves change color. They go brown. They fall. It's all very evocative. Autumn montage into winter is what I had written down. A little ice tinkling. All of the sound design. Very great. This this yeah. movie was uh, nominated for a sound design Oscar. A best sound Oscar, as it was called at the best time. Best sound. Yeah. I love the sound when he's... Bambi's first exploring the snow and you it's the sound that the snow is making as it's falling off the trees. Yes. The kind of jingly noise. It's flump. Yes. It truly is great. And it's, you know, it's the wonder of his first winter. Yeah. And then Thumper's back. <laughs> and they're slippity sliding all over the ice. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Much slipping and sliding on the ice ensues. And they crash into a snowbank and Thumper doesn't die from it. Don't get any of Thumper's father's wisdom in this scene, though, because his mom's not there. I don't believe we get another Thumper's father's wisdom we scene. We don't. There's only the two. You know who is in this scene, though? Not Thumper's father, but Flower. Flower. It's very briefly. He's trying to hibernate. He's very cute. It's a cute little sleep pose. Yes. Rolls up, like, into his tail. <laughs> very warm. Flower's a good guy. Yep. Flower's living his life. Yep. We have the little conversation about how winter is long. It sure seems long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we're giving in to the despair. <laughs> they struggle for food because they're having to eat the bark, which is a thing that deer only do when there's not enough food. And there is the moment in here with the food where they find a small patch of new spring grass, mm -hmm. and they're munching on that. Yep. And then... Dun, dun, dun. Suddenly, dun, dun, dun. man. Dun, dun, dun. Mother says, run for the thicket. Dun, dun, dun. Keep running, Bambi, keep running. Yep. And then there's the gunshot. And uh, Bambi runs into the forest. And he, you know, at first he's all like, we made it, we made it. And then, Mother, where are you? And he and the trees are basically just silhouettes they're yeah. not like pure black but they're these gorgeous like oil paint black and purple silhouettes yeah and the the snow is really falling heavily yeah. in front of the screen very thick snow he runs into the great prince of the forest who says your mother can't be with you anymore yeah mom status dead <laughs> that's right i was surprised how uh subtle yeah. This scene is. You know, it's it's completely off screen. Yep. <laughs> There's almost some plausible deniability. Like, if you've got a young kid who doesn't understand death, you can be like, oh, uh, his mother can't be with him anymore. She got lost. Yeah. Lost. <laughs> exactly. Whatever it is. For some reason, I thought that this played out more like the Lion King scene. Nope. Where we see the corpse and the child goes back to the corpse. 
and yeah you know they apparently considered that yes to see bambi's mother in a pool of blood or something but they decided to just have it all be off screen which i think works more almost it feels like they do a lot more of that you know we were talking about in this era right i was thinking about snow white's death yeah which is so effective because you don't see you just hear any it. of it. You just see the the witch reaction. <sighs> yeah, I mean it's it's really fa- and this movie, by the way, I I was thinking throughout watching it, this movie does kind of have a lot in common with the Lion King. It does. I mean, they're both explicitly circle of life movies. You know, they're about yeah. like this young man's life. The difference is the Lion King is much plottier, definitely, and much less subtle like we were talking about like in this it's you know it's just the light touch of your mother can't be with you anymore Mm -hmm. with the lion king it's nope you're gonna see a dead dead you're gonna feel bad about it well and also you're gonna feel guilty because he's your fault he's dead (laughs) yeah right there's there's all of that um and so like i get why the subtle approach yeah uh, appeals to some people more personally i love the lion king more than this but yeah. i also you know have watched the lion king more than this and mm-hmm. grew up with it but it's it's they're they're similar in plot but extremely different in style yeah bambi only learns who his father is after his mother's death it's not until this point where it's explicitly called out the great prince of the forest says to bambi Come on, son, or come along, son, or something like that. I, I believe I have it written down as come, my son. But There yes. you go. Something. I knew it was, he finally calls him son. But that's the point. Yes. yes. And and weirdly, his, his like, mother has been coy, uh, <laughs> has not said beforehand that your dad's a great prince of the forest. Even though we as audience members were like, yeah, we got it. Yeah. Maybe it's just not important to deer i don't know i don't know it's it's not particularly well explained and that's fine yeah we'll talk about bambi too Mm -hmm. so yeah so and then we have let's sing a gay little spring song yep this is a feels like a very sudden tonal shift it does i have to say it didn't feel jarring it is a huge tonal shift but i i didn't feel particularly jarred yeah by it if that makes sense yeah on this one i was thinking it's like the later in the spring or uh, the next spring. But I was looking at uh, one of the websites I was looking at to research before this was saying that it was like a couple years have passed for them to mature. But I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think you can't take time too literally in this movie. For sure. I feel like it's more about like winter is the time in his life that was very sad. Spring <laughs> was the time in his life for romance. Summer was the time in his life when everything burst into flames. <laughs> well, but this, but spring is when the animals are getting together. So, <laughs> at least birds. The owl is not getting together with nobody. Friend owl is upset about being woken up. And this is like, I think, the silliest business we've had so far. <laughs> it is pretty silly business. Because again, we gotta we gotta balance out Bumpy's mom. <laughs> Bambi is now played by John Sutherland, who was actually a film producer more than he was a voice actor. He produced forty five films, most of which were instructional cartoons. <laughs> extolling the socioeconomic concept of capitalism and delivering a political message on the benefits of both corporate and individual liberty. Okay. And the drawbacks of government intervention. (laughs) 
with such films as Make Mine Freedom. Uh. How'd, how'd that work out, John Sutherland? <laughs> Not too great for us, buddy! Uh, <laughs> Thumper is now played by Sam Edwards, who was an American actor who did a lot of things. He was best known as Bill Anderson on Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Adult Flower is, of course, played by the greatest of all time, Sterling Holloway. Yay. My main man, Sterling Price Holloway Jr., <laughs> who we talked about last week and who we will talk about every time he comes up because he is my favorite. This is really why you were telling us about all the other voice actors. It's just because you wanted to tell us about Sterling Holloway, right? Uh, yes, you are correct. Yes. <laughs> we have the whole conversation about being Twitter-pated. Yes. How did you like that new word? Had you ever heard that word before? Yes, I'd heard that word. I couldn't remember if it was something that would have come up. An owl goes, it's when you get onto a bad website and argue about politics with strangers. <laughs> this particular scene is not one I saw a lot in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I saw it when I saw the movie. It's, I mean, there are many scenes like this in movies for kids. They're they're like, oh, no, I'm never going to fall in love. Like, coot, not even movies for kids. This is also the basis of every romantic comedy. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm never going to fall in love. Cooties. And then immediately Flower uh, gets gets got by a, a skunk girl mm-hmm. and Thumper gets got by a uh, rabbit girl with very low standards. Apparently. <laughs> Bambi's mom's ghost is like, you can do better. <laughs> and then, of course, Bambi meets Feline, the only one of these female characters, I believe, who like gets a name know, who is yeah, important. I noted the parallelism of he first sees her in the water again. Yes. So the first time he saw her in the meadow, he saw her reflection in the water. And again, when he sees her now, he sees her reflection in the water first. That is an excellent point. And there's so much stuff like that throughout the movie, of course. Yep. Because this is a movie about the cycle of life, the circle of life, one mm-hmm. might say. I, th- I thought the... The cloud vision that they have briefly before the rival shows up was pretty funny. It doesn't last super long. Bambi's kind of like backing away from Feline. He gets tangled in the branches because he's got horns now. She leans over and licks him, you know, kisses him. And he's like, you know, now, of course, he's in love. And then it turns into like the I'm I'm dancing on clouds kind of a scene. They're all just kind of hopping around slow motion, like chasing each other. Ah, love. And then all of a sudden, the rival and cloud vision is gone. (laughs) The rival who is named in the book and in the sequel, Rano. Yeah. But who's not credited as such in this movie because he doesn't talk. He doesn't. He's just another deer. And their fight is really great. It's another moment of great, unique visuals. Um, It's these colored lights reflecting off of what are basically black silhouettes. It's very kind of abstract. Apparently, which I didn't even recognize this while we were watching, the different colors indicate who is winning the battle. Yeah, I don't think I noticed that either. That's cool. Yeah. And uh, Bambi wins. Of course. course. (laughs) Nope, sorry. Rano wins and takes Feline away and Bambi's left alone. (laughs) I mean, I could believe it. I could believe it. But we gotta, Feline's gotta make babies for the end of the movie. (laughs) And this is where I wrote in my notes, uh, this movie is too much about deer for me, I think. (laughs) What What I meant by that is that I think 
I like the Disney animal movies, uh-huh. and this is a personal preference. Uh-huh. I think I like the Disney animal movies more when it's something like Dumbo, where the animals are clearly stand-ins for like humans and human traits yeah. and human ideas. Yeah. Then in this movie, even though it's not to the level of the book, it is... It is about animals as animals. Yeah. Which is why I was kind of like laughing at the tagline of a great love story. Not only because, (laughs) you know, that's not the focus of the movie at all. But it's like, it's kind of a love story, I guess. But it's not like they have a great love. Yeah. If Rano had won the fight, she would have gone with Rano because that's how deer work. Right. Right. That's what the antlers are for. Yeah. The males fight for mating rights and that's what it feels like. Right. That's just, you know, to my taste, that that's part of the reason I didn't connect with this movie as much personally is because it's about deer and it's like, I don't know, deer die. <laughs> deer are animals that exist to be eaten. It's true. You know, not by humans per se, but they're prey animals. They exist to get eaten. And have just enough children that they can be sustainably eaten. <laughs> uh, we have another song, I believe. Yeah, Looking for Romance is what it's called, though I could not remember that name at all while we were watching the movie. I had to look it up later because I was thinking of it as how it goes by the first line. I bring you a song. But Bambi and Feline are walking around in love. <laughs> I was thinking of it almost as a time passing song as well. Uh, we get into more abstract visuals, especially as there are these like flower petals mm-hmm. that we follow for a long time that look like these splotches of color dancing, you know, on the frame. It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. really great. Great stuff. This song is kind of good. Yeah. I kind of like this song. This one and April showers are the two that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. But then it is man. Mm-hmm. He is here again. There are many this time. says the great prince and they have to go into the forest but first bambi is not going to abandon feline yep because although they don't say this it's very clear that he is not going to let this happen again that's what's up yeah you hear the crows as the warning i was debating about what it is that bambi hears or smells or what senses that lets him first wake up and realize maybe man is in the forest there's kind of almost like hunting horn noises yeah when he's waking up which i was wondering if those were actually supposed to be hunting horns he can hear or if it's just part of the background music you know what i mean he hears the da na na and he's like <laughs> i know what that means <laughs> man but there's also a lot of smoke coming from their campsite So maybe that, but it does show he's getting the instincts. He wakes up, goes and looks. He meets his father there. They're both aware. Man's back. All the animals are cowering. There's this one scared quail (laughs) who uh, is freaking out. Pheasant. Pheasant. She's a pheasant. Those are pheasants. I see. I don't know anything. I think that the, the pheasant who panics is almost creepier and more nerve-wracking than the scene with Bambi's mother. I think so. I think in part because this time you do. You see the corpse. <laughs> you, unquestionably, you hear a gunshot and then you see a dead pheasant splat. Yeah. Onto the ground. Yeah. It's upsetting. And then there's lots of gunshots. Everything freaks out. We also get... Some evil dogs? (laughs) Hunting dogs. But they're hunting dogs, but they are drawn like they're monsters, right? Right, for sure. They're not drawn with anything like the level of empathy or care for realism of the other animals. Yeah. And that was a little weird to me, because this movie is so much about, like, the sins of man 
man not being in balance with nature uh-huh. right that's that's so much of this movie kind of weird to have evil dogs like i know <laughs> i know that hunters have dogs yeah and it's probably more so that they can have an enemy in because we never see humans in this movie nope Imagine doing uh, man as an enemy for villainous. You, you have to be invisible. <laughs> for this oh, for this game, I must wear a cloak. <laughs> you have to kill all of the animals in your fate deck, especially the cute ones. <laughs> your your goal is just to kill Bambi Small. <laughs> Mill your fate deck until you see Bambi Small. Uh, that's terrible. That's terrible. We're talking about the board game Villainous, by the way. If anyone doesn't know, a great board game. It is. play as Disney villains. We talk a lot about what villains we think should and should not be added to Villainous in expansion packs. Yeah. Very common topic of conversation for us. It is. It is. I don't think man needs to be added as an expansion pack, but it's kind of an amusing one to, to think about. By the way, I'm putting it out here. The, the one I think is the clear villain who should be added to that game who hasn't yet. King Candy from Wreck-It Ralph, I'm telling you. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, meanwhile, in this uh, scary and Bambi. So we've, Back in Bambi. We've, so we've got the evil dogs, which I feel like muddle the, you know, man is the enemy message a little bit, but... But these are man's dogs. Yeah, yeah. Dogs go with man. Something else about these dogs, by the way, hmm. that I should have mentioned earlier. Which is? They are played by a man named... Clarence Nash. Ah, Clarence Ducky Nash. <laughs> That's right. Clarence Ducky Nash, best known for providing the voice of Donald, Donald Duck. Duck, which mom will now do for us. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> do it. <laughs> I don't know that I even can. <laughs> do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's about where I'd be. <laughs> Donald Duck's voice is hard. It's 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 extremely hard. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I can't even do it. I don't know how he did it. Amazing man. <laughs> Amazing voice actor, uh, original voice of Donald Duck, invented uh, that oh-so-difficult voice. In this movie, the reason I should have mentioned him earlier, he's the voice of the dogs. Yep. He's does a lot of these sounds of the birds. He doesn't <laughs> voice any birds, but, like, tweeting noises. <laughs> uh, you know, a duck is a bird, too, so I get a it. A duck is a bird. You know who else he voices, though? The frog? He voices the frog, baby! Your favorite? I knew it. My frog. main man! <laughs> Clarence T. Frog. <laughs> you you can see how the guy did Donald Duck could also do that weird frog voice. Yep. You can kind of imitate that better, though, than Donald's I voice. can do that a lot better than Donald Duck. I have no idea how to do Donald's <laughs> voice. <laughs> Not even close. Papi's <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible so the dogs are chasing feline bambi has to try and rescue her they get separated again they're like keep getting separated and finding each other and separated and bambi jumps over a big ravine to get away and he gets shot oh no now bambi's gonna be dead no he's not yes his father 
The father, also uh, a good voice performance. Um, Fred Shields as the Great Prince of the Forest. I, I don't know anything about him. Couldn't find anything about him. Mm-hmm. He brings the, the, like... Gravitas. You know, this is, get up, Bambi. Get up. You must get up. The you must. You really feel it. Yes. And then Bambi does. It's a big moment. And now, come with me. And they run because actually between when he gets shot and his father coming to get him, the fire that has been spreading, the campfire that the hunters had. Yes, there is an unattended campfire and it starts burning down the forest and the fire looks incredible. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other movie where fire is drawn like this and it is insane. It's very good. But yeah, after he gets up, uh, there's this gorgeous, gorgeous chase with these insane colors. Mm-hmm. This is the part I felt like was the most Fantasia. There was a part yeah. that wigged me out because there's like, I can't remember what exactly Bambi and the Prince are doing, but there's this this pool of water that they're running on or around. Yeah. And this burning tree is falling down and getting closer to it. Uh-huh. And as it's getting closer, like the color of the water is changing. Uh-huh. It's not just like they're adding a different lighting effect to the top of it. I think, I swear, they must be repainting that part of the background. <laughs> it It is an insane, insane visual. Yeah. So good. This is why I said this, you know, this is my second favorite part of the movie. Even mm-hmm. though it is so tense and horrifying. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to look at. Bambi and the Great Prince jump into a waterfall. Everything is calm. Feline is waiting at the banks of the water as the two of them arrive. Yeah, everybody's kind of like escaped to this island. The forest is gone. Forest is burnt. Right after that, it's the final scene. It's another springtime. We hear once again that it's happened in the thicket. (laughs) Flower's son is named Bambi, which is a detail I really appreciate. Yep, that's cute. Bambi names Flower, Flower names Bambi. <laughs> That's right. Faleen has twins. Yep. Owl says Prince Bambi ought to be very proud, which is the last line of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then we see now Bambi and the great prince posing in the distance. Yep. Not being there for your wife while she's giving birth. Right. But then the great prince turns and leaves, and I guess that's like passing on the torch yep. to and it's, Bambi is now. And it's this final shot of Bambi... Framed by the forest, we get a reprise of the love song, mm-hmm. and that is the end of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a hopeless note to end on. <laughs> I, I mean, it's not hopeless, but it's like the hope in this movie is not that things will get better. Right, things you know seem to be worse. Like they lost their original forest. It's not clear where they are now. Well, here's the thing. Even when there is a forest fire, usually not the entire forest gets burned. And the forest does come back. Depending on how it burned, the trees might not have all died. Um, A lot of the undergrowth, of course, would have been cleared out. But as time goes on, most of it's going to grow back. So I always assume, especially because... At the very beginning of this last scene, it looks like there's maybe still some slightly scorched areas and then it moves toward like the pans towards the thicket after you see some of those bits. Right. Um, so I think it's the same forest after it's grown back a bit. <laughs> Could be. Because Could that be. was the, that was kind of in the autumn when the forest burned because there were 
the leaves were falling. And this is definitely a spring. So it could have come back. But it's it's not clear. Even if your interpretation is correct, that just means that nothing has gotten worse. Certainly nothing has gotten better either. <laughs> and now it's like, and it's all going to happen again. Life goes on. Exactly. That's That's, this movie is like, life goes on. And for me, I don't know that the, like, happier sections in the movie, maybe just because I was so opposed to Thumper. <laughs> Since he's the comic relief, if he's not the comic relief for you, you don't really have much comic relief. <laughs> exactly. The The happier parts of the movie, for me, like, don't balance out the more overwhelmingly sad parts. Which, again, doesn't mean this movie is bad. Mm -hmm. Many times I like to watch a sad movie. Yep. But this one, at this time, was not what I needed. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Yep. Would you like to talk about some sequel spin-offs, remakes, rides, and reboots? Alrighty. Unfortunately, there are no rides. There are no rides. No Bambi rides. You don't get to see Bambi's mom death. Great adventure. <laughs> There's not even hardly any reference to Bambi in the parks. There's occasion. some of them have like maybe some Bambi topiary. I thought maybe they would at the Animal Kingdom be able to have something related to Bambi, but not much. Sometimes there's bits in, you know, some of the like Disney's World of Color uh, water and light show. They have it. California Adventure had like a scene of Bambi in it. It's actually something people ask, like, how come there's nothing about Bambi? There's stuff from all the other original films, but not well, Bambi. What would you have? That's exactly what I was thinking, though. What would you have? We talked last week about how Dumbo is, in parts, a very sad movie. Yep. But you could still have, like, circus-related stuff yep. and Dumbo flying. Right. Like, there are fun elements of that movie you can easily pull from. Yeah. With this, it's like, you're gonna have, like, Bambi burgers. <laughs> like, you know, I can't eat. Even if you leave aside a ride. Yeah. Well, you could have a restaurant named after Bambi, but that is, as you said, awkward. It's, yeah, it's, it's troubling. Are they going to serve venison? <laughs> um, but what you could do is have at Animal Kingdom, like a petting zoo or something. You could, you could. It, it's still weird in the context of the movie. Yeah. I feel like here's, I truly feel like if they were going to do a Bambi based theme park amusement, I feel like it has to be Thumper's something. Yeah. Yeah. In the way that you have like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride mm -hmm. and we're focusing on, you know, not necessarily the main part of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would have to be Thumper's something or other. Yeah, that you could probably do. Uh, but they haven't. As you say, no rides, no uh, no video game appearances either. <laughs> Bambi was the precursor to Smokey the Bear. <laughs> Disney lent him to the United States Forest Service for one year <laughs> to talk about wildfire prevention. Um, but then he was replaced with Smokey the Bear. They they were like, you only get him for one year. And when it was over, they then they had to come up with some new characters for it to be it. Yep. And this is this is a twofer in uh, in terms of the sequels, I guess, because there is both a direct to video sequel. Yep. And a midquel. <laughs> a midquel. And it is getting a Delarm. Yeah. Which, for those who don't know, is a Disney live action remake. Yep. Basically, because Jungle Book which was almost all CGI animals, did very well. The Lion King, which was all CGI animals and terrible, did very well. <laughs> so now they're like, we're doing another one with all CGI animals. Because that's what you guys like now. You uh, like apparently. photorealism 
sucking all the life out of a movie. Nah, but see, because the an- original animated movie was so photorealistic, what they need to do with a live-action remake of Bambi is make it extremely fantastical. <laughs> there you go, Bambi's a wizard. I'd watch that. <laughs> Although that one was announced at the beginning of this year, and now this year, you know, has been a little bit... Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it'll get canceled. That would be nice. <laughs> and there was a direct-to-video sequel called Bambi 2. And I watched some of this. Oh, you did. I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to do it. Though I was <laughs> tempted because the person who does the voice of the uh, great prince is Patrick Stewart. But That's right. Sir Patrick Stewart, who has no business being in this movie. Yeah, but I couldn't bring myself to it. And yet, A, it's not the worst thing Sir Patrick Stewart has been in. Uh-huh. That would be uh, the poop emoji in the emoji movie. <laughs> and second of all, even still, I bet whenever like his pal Ian McKellen tries to give him guff about it, he's like, I wasn't in Cats, though. <laughs> you were in Cats. I've seen Cats twice, start to finish. Okay. It's a very bad movie. Yep. Maybe two came out in 2006, made by Disney Toons. I have to say, if you're going to watch one of these direct-to-video Disney sequels, you could do a lot worse than this one. <laughs> this one does take place, I know, basically when Bambi's mother has died and he it goes off to right live. It starts right after. It starts very clearly, very explicitly, minutes after her death. Yeah. It's like right after the great prince says, come my son. He lays uh, Bambi like down to sleep uh-huh. and then Friend Owl mm-hmm. shows up. Is there anything I could do to help you, Great Prince? And the Great Prince is like, yes, find me a doe to take care of this child. (laughs) And the owl's like, you know, you could do that. (laughs) No, it is not right. The does take care of the children and the prince takes care of the forest. But there's so few does. I don't know. Plus you're his dad. Maybe you could be a dad. (laughs) Fine. And, And so the movie is about... The great prince of the forest learning to take things a little less seriously while teaching Bambi to take things a little more seriously. It plays out exactly how you ex- how you think it does yep. from that premise. <laughs> like, you could name beat for beat, like, oh, uh, there's a moment where Bambi thinks that the great prince doesn't love him anymore, so they get separated, but uh-huh. then at the end he really does. Uh-huh. And it's also... You know, it's way plottier than the original Bambi. It loses the magic of, like, being such an abstract visual conception of life and death and becomes more of just, like, a regular, degular <laughs> animated movie. But, I mean, Patrick Stewart as the dad and the kid who played Nemo as Bambi, like, they're both really good actors. They have a lot of chemistry together as voice actors. And this thing definitely looks a little better than a lot of these direct-to-video movies did. It doesn't look as good as Bambi. Mm, Yeah. But it looks close enough that you're not, like, disgusted. (laughs) Again, if you're gonna watch one of these, this one's fine. Uh Uh-huh. This one's basically inoffensive. It's like a gentleman's five or six. (laughs) Yeah, there's also a lot more stuff with Rano. This is... (laughs) They have to give the origin story of... Bambi's rival, Rano. I guess so. Well, you know, since it is plottier, they probably needed more characters. (laughs) Exactly. You gotta have more of a traditional villain. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's fine. That's really it, I think, as far as sequel spinoffs, remakes, rides, and reboots. Yeah, for a change, there's not very many. And I don't have some 
grotesquely horrible <laughs> thing to say for the end. I was kind of hoping Bambi 2 might be that. We don't know how the, the Russian uh, versions of the movie are, the live-action Russian I should have tracked down the Russian <laughs> live-action Bambi movies. But, you know, uh, they might be amazing. Who knows? Again, if you've seen those, hit us up on Twitter. We don't apply number ratings to these movies. Instead, we ask two questions, the first of which is, Mom... Would you recommend this movie? Hmm, that's kind of a hard question. I don't think I'd recommend it to everyone. I think it's okay to show to at least an older child if you're not just like popping it in and leaving them with it. You know, watch it with them, have discussions, whatever. I think you're probably going to be okay. Yep, that's that's jumping ahead to the second question. You're right. Which is, would you show this to a child? Slash, did you show this to your children? You did not. I did not show this to my children. There's a couple of reasons. One, it's not my favorite. So I didn't go out of my way to try to, you know, own my own copy of it. Number two, your dad's mother is dead. And that makes this movie hard for him to watch. So that's another reason why we wouldn't have watched it a lot as a family. Definitely. Um, I, I think my feelings are pretty close to yours. I would say for me, this is a qualified recommendation. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if, if somebody asked me, should I watch Pinocchio? I'd be like, no, you're fine. <laughs> if somebody asked me, should I watch Dumbo? I'd be like, yeah, that's a great movie. You'll you'll enjoy that. Yeah. If somebody asked me about watching Bambi, I'd be like, well, are you in the right headspace for, <laughs> you know, this movie? Yeah. Having a better sense of it than I did, maybe when I went into <laughs> it being like, it's another Disney movie. Yeah. Be a, the mom yeah. dies, but I bet that's just one short part of it. Yeah, being aware that there's so much abstract in it like it just kind of meanders along it doesn't specifically tell a really clear plotty story it's just here's what's going on in the forest right now <laughs> it's a slow quiet emotional movie yeah as for whether or not i would show this to a child certainly depends on the child certainly not a young child but i could see you using this movie as a way to start the conversation about death yeah you know if, if you're trying to explain that yeah i could see that to a kid this 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 could be a good teaching tool for that but as you say it's got to be a movie you talk about mm -hmm. it cannot be uh, my uncle dad's brother was once left to watch this movie completely alone <laughs> and uh, apparently was was quite scarred by it yeah uh, i would not i would not advise that no on the other hand that story's funny so i don't know maybe traumatize your kids it's probably good for him <laughs> Uh, no, let's not. Any final thoughts on Bambi, on the golden era, on all movies? <laughs> I don't know that I have any more specific thoughts on Bambi. I'm really glad we started doing this. So we've been watching them in order. It has given me a renewed appreciation for these movies. I agree. These are really great movies to talk about. And I am yep. really enjoying talking about them with you. Aww. Watch out. <laughs> Next week, we will begin the wartime era, a.k.a. six weeks of compilations of shorts. Yeah. I'm very interested <laughs> to see how this goes yep, because yep. I, I like a lot of these shorts. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen most of these full movies, <laughs> but I wonder if at the end of this, we might uh, be insane. <laughs> We might go mad trying to figure out how to talk about short collections. But next week, we commence this wartime era with uh, Saludos Amigos from 1943. Mom, what do you think of this movie? Hello, friends. <laughs> 
No, I don't actually remember. No, no, stop. <laughs> We're done. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, so until next week, when we will indeed say hello to our friends, <laughs> I'm me. I'm mom. And it all started with a mouse. Mm-hmm.